It is finally upon us. Yes, indeed. The eve of the spring training opener, baseball season. Hello and welcome into Gwen and Chris. Chris, hello. Tony Gwen Jr., his final day in San Diego before he heads out to Peoria to join the Padres, and he'll be on the call with Jesse Agler tomorrow afternoon. When the Padres begin spring training play against the hated Dodgers, Matt Scraby's alongside as we kick off another four hours of Gwyn and Chris here on San Diego's number one sports talk station, 97.3 The Fan. Also enjoy on YouTube and uh, just a search for 97.3 The Fan on YouTube. You can watch the program as we roll along here between now and six o'clock. And uh, Tony, uh, you know, I know it's... Uh, yes. It's a little bit uh, with uh, mixed emotions, you know, that you leave town and get ready uh, to get into another baseball season. It seems like you just finished up the last one. It does indeed feel feel like we just finished up the last one. Nonetheless, I am uh, excited for the 2024 season. Not excited about this drive that I have to make uh, tomorrow morning, but <laughs> well, like we said, I'm a little bit. You know, I love the Padres, I love the organization, I love the Eric's, but come on, guys, you're dealing with Tony Gwynn Jr. here, and uh, you know, Scraby and I think a private plane ought to be waiting for you at Brown Field <laughs> yeah, tomorrow no, that, morning. That would uh, be lovely, but I know. Uh, uh, unrealistic. Unrealistic, yeah, he says. Sure. He's got to make the drive, uh, just like all the other players Indeed. do, Indeed. on down to Peoria. And uh, yeah, first game tomorrow at noon, right here on 97.3 The Fan. You can listen to the game. We will be on after the game tomorrow. So uh, we'll be able to break down spring training game number one. I don't believe Otani is going to play he tomorrow. But... The uh, Los Angeles Dodgers, uh, apparently, Tony, are going to trot out all of their their new found riches. Minus Otani. Well, not tomorrow, but I'm talking about a month from now oh, when yeah, you yeah, guys yeah, yeah. are in Korea. Yeah. Uh, Dave Roberts announcing today that uh, it looks like we will get to see... The Yamamoto. newly signed Tyler Glass now, right, and the uh, other newly signed and richer Yoshinobu <laughs> Yamamoto. Now they we all... are the two that Dave Roberts says are likely to make the starts for the Dodgers, much like in the, the two games against the Padres in Korea. Much like the Padres, we don't know the order in which those two will go, but right. Nonetheless, uh, I mean, I, I don't know that anybody should be surprised by this. They went out and spent. Uh, almost, oh no, over a, bi- about a billion dollars, isn't it? About a billion dollars. Over a billion, over dollars. A billion dollars. These right? two guys alone, Glasnow and Yamamoto, and this doesn't even include Shohei Otani, but Glasnow and Yamamoto, the two pitchers that will face the Padres in the Korea openers, combined salaries, total combined yep. salaries, 491 Point six million dollars. Don't you dare forget about the point. Can't six. forget about the point six. So, no. Padres are going to be facing some expensive arms when they get to Korea, and I say, bring it on. We'll uh, we'll go with the uh, underpaid duo of Joe Musgrove and you Darvish. <laughs> underpaid compared to those guys. I think but, you're uh, you're mispronouncing 
Yamamoto's name. His I first, am. First name? You no, mean? no. His first name is Sai, and his last name is Young, according to the media, because he is. Oh, he's already labeled. won that award. He is being labeled as like Scraby. the best pitcher that we've ever seen, <laughs> and he's never thrown a major league pitch. I was really lost there. I for did a see it in your face. Like, You're like, wait, what? what? <laughs> his actual? Did he change his name to Sai Young? I see. Well, what you did there, speaking huh? of the real Sai Young, Blake Snell still isn't pitching anywhere. But Yamamoto's got his three hundred twenty-five million bucks in the bank, or he will soon have. And so, uh, yeah, Dodgers Padres tomorrow to kick off spring training. Dodgers Padres. It's actually a less than a month from right now. It'll be three in the morning, a.m. three a.m. Pacific time on March the twentieth, when uh, the actual season opener will undergo. But you know what? I mean, just getting the. Just getting the potential pitching matchups, Tony, you know, that just gets you excited. I mean, that's like real baseball, real games. They matter, and we already kind of know what it's going to look like. So it's, yeah. it's it's getting to be kind of exciting right now. No, this is, um, I mean, it, it, it start the game, first set of games, these, these spring training games, are the first indication that, you know, it's it's becoming real. Right. Right, and then, you know, we'll, we'll do a couple weeks of this, and then everybody's like, all right. Let's play the real thing, and then you know that comes, and it just—it all starts to happen really fast once the games come. Because we'll be doing this every day, right? You'll be there'll be a game every day, every day with the exception of maybe a couple off days in, in the process of there of this. Uh, so yeah, man, this is—I uh, think the Padres—they're in a good place, good spot. Well, it's going to be—it's uh, going to be really a thrill. I, I know for you. And the people that are going to Korea because, I mean, not only is it Dodgers, Padres, and it's the opening of the Major League Baseball season, but you've got Hassan Kim. You got, you know, Mr. Go, our reliever from Korea. But bigger than that, I think, is the fact that Otani and Yamamoto, although from Japan, uh, have major followings in South Korea. I, and these fans are going to be, and you got Darvish, and these fans are going to be going crazy over yeah. there. I mean, it, the the it should really be electric. I, I can't imagine it not being absolute chaos. Chaos I, I, is that I what you're looking for? I, I, I mean, similar to what, probably on a whole nother scale than when we went to Mexico City last year. That was, I mean, really? the crowds were. Yeah, see, I didn't get that translated here so much. Oh. I mean, I could tell the fans were having fun, but nah, it was... I don't think we really got the full, you know, yeah, maybe, feel maybe of the, the chaos. Yeah, maybe the TV didn't do it justice. It definitely was uh, was yeah. an electric crowd there for, for both of those games. Well, uh, just to speak to your uh, Cy Young comment about Yamamoto, I mean, you got to give the guy a little credit, Scraby. He won not just the MVP in Japan last year and the year before, but also the year before that. Back to back to back. He's been the MVP MVPs. three years in a row. His resume is strong, but has he <laughs> strong ever? Quite strong, actually. Has he ever pitched? His resume one is regular strong, season pitch in Major League Baseball. No, he hasn't. He hasn't, but well, he is coming from Japan. I know. And I'm trying to play it down a little you know, bit. I, I think you're well within the the range there in terms of the Cy Young being handed out to him right now. Yeah, people There's, are talking about there, it there, for sure. There are a lot of good pitchers in Major League Baseball, and uh, I imagine he'll have his string of success. But 
he'll 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 encounter some some bumps there as well. I have a real quick announcement. I'm being asked in many places: Are we carrying the games or the game tomorrow? Yes. The we answer are. is yes. It will be right here on 97.3 The Fan, starting around noon. Yes. Yeah, so right at noon tomorrow. My are day. we carrying the Korea games at 3 a.m.? Of course. Yes, we are. Frank is going to be in here. All. Baseball. All baseball. All Padre games. baseball. Regular season. Right here. Yes. 97.3. Yes. The, the fan. fan. Yes. And thank goodness Major League Baseball is not streaming those two games. <laughs> so you can actually Be set careful. your DVR. I don't know. And you can watch the game at your leisure. Oh, you don't ESPN. have to. Yeah, you don't have yeah. to be up at 3 in the morning. You can DVR it, get up at 5 or 6 when you normally wake up and enjoy the uh, enjoy the or you can watch it live. I know some people, many people will set their alarms for 3 in the morning to watch those games live. I will not. I will uh, you know, get up when I get up and I, and I watch the games. But uh yes, uh, Major League Baseball is upon us. Uh you know, we've talked about it at length. The Padres, you know, kind of on the eve of spring training and you know, they still got three, I don't want to say gaping, but certainly glaring omissions in their, you know, potential everyday lineup. You know, who's going to be the DH? Who's going to be in center field? Who's going to be a third? Can't go. And I think we'll get answers to, I know we'll get answers to those questions in the next few weeks. And I think that it makes spring training this year, although there was a lot of anticipation last year. It was boring. It was boring, it right? Was there was nothing boring. going on. No. I mean, every spot was already determined last Not year. Not only that, the the guys that you probably wanted to see often were off. They weren't in the even World, playing World Baseball Classic. And then, oh, that's right. And then Joe yeah. got hurt, and then so you you go. Oh, it was, and as you said, had they all been there, it would have been likely the same thing because you're trying to you know preserve guys, try to get them to hit their stride wide as right as they're going into the season. There was no open spots except in the bullpen. Right? That's all we were looking at last right? year was who was going to fill out the rest of the bullpen. This year, uh, in spring training, I mean, other than Musgrove and Darvish and probably Michael King, but as you know, anytime, spots, yeah. anytime anybody other than those two guys goes to the mound, there's going to be something at stake, and that includes the back end of the bullpen, yeah. where Suarez right. and Matsui and Go are going to be pitching lights out or as well as they can in spring. To show, you know, what they're going to bring. So it should be a lot more entertaining. I just try to start good habits right now. It's who suck go, right? Who suck go. Who suck go, yes. Who suck go. Yeah, Mr. Go. Mr. Go. i got to break myself out of it. I know you won't be able to call him Mr. Go. I will be able to call him Mr. Go. I might be able to use that in a call. I told you my problem from the very beginning is that the middle part of the name is suck, and I think he should change it to suck. I, I don't know why you're you you're I, so fixated on something that he obviously does not care about. How do you know he doesn't care because about? He introduced it. himself as Usako. How do you know that he because introduced himself he introduced as such, but he doesn't himself. care? But he doesn't like it. Um, wait till the wait till the fans in Philadelphia get a hold of that. Apparently, the Sorry. broadcast for just the looking Korea out games, for the guy Scrape. I don't think he needs you to look out for him. Is all I'm trying. Well, to he say. might. Oh, He's coming man. to this country for the first time. I'm trying to help him out a little bit. That's uh, all. I feel like there is an issue with maybe ESPN cannot air the games on TV. That's what I'm seeing in the chat. Do we know anything about that, guys? What are you talking guys? about? The, in Korea. The Korea games. Why they, wouldn't they be able to Because there's a local, local team involved? Yeah, local team. You can't see it on ESPN, but... Well, we'll, we'll figure out this Korea? out. No, here. 
in San Diego. Oh, what he's saying is the two games that are on ESPN in Korea will not be they will be blacked out on ESPN. According to uh, several people in the chat, not me. According to people in the chat. I don't know. Well, we've got a month to sort all yeah, that. And you know what? We're, time. We will. My favorite question from people out there is about TV operations because I work in Pod, radio. for Padres Radio, <laughs> so I don't know anything about the TV operations. Yeah, How no. do you not know, Scraby? <laughs> I, I probably should. Yes, you're supposed to know all of that stuff. All right, we are underway. we got a good one uh, for you on this uh, Wednesday. As always, uh, we're going to talk and get into the Aztec game last night. They oh. got beat at Utah State. Um, you know, they just I guess it wasn't meant to be, nope. you know, for them to win one of these big games on the road. Uh, there's still, you know, a lot of basketball left and a chance to still win this Mountain West Conference title, but a disappointing loss. Mark Ziegler is uh, still there in Logan, Utah, and uh, he will join us in a little while to help break down last night's disappointment. Uh, so that is coming up in the first hour of the program. The second hour, among other things, will include a sports court today, fast becoming one of our most popular segments on the program We'll get into uh, Chris versus the fans and uh, the Big Five and all the rest of it. And uh, Eric Hosmer today announced his retirement. Tony and I will have something to say about that a little bit later on. But for now, we're just uh, cruising into the uh, early stages of the program. We're glad you're with us. Gwen and Chris, it's San Diego's number one sports talk station, 97.3 The Fan. 2.20 on the clock. Got a long day ahead of me. We'll head out in the morning. To get to uh, Arizona in time to do the broadcast for the first spring training game. Yeah, Braden Soprano had a very good idea. Well, I don't know if you're going to be able to follow it. When was? Oh yeah, no. He, you know, part of the reason why I'm staying here is to see uh, my daughter and her high school in action tonight for yes, CIF. They're playing out game. at Granite Hills High School, which is actually for you. It's on the way. About halfway to Arizona because <laughs> it's way out in the East County tonight. It but, is. Uh, yeah, you've got to go home, see everybody, go home. and then right. re-group uh, re, uh, tomorrow morning and head out. Good luck to uh, Michaela and the Mount Carmel Sun Devils tonight. I did a, uh, I did a basketball playoff game last night, a girls game, and uh, it was uh, Santa Fe Christian against High Tech High. I mentioned this to you before, uh, Tony. Yeah. Santa Fe Christian wins the game. Young lady on the Santa Has Fe the number Christian. six seed, too, right? Yes. Six over a two. Yes, they were the six seed, so I wasn't really expecting. You know, you never know what's going to happen, but you, you kind of go in with some preconceived notions. Young lady on Santa Fe Christian started making three-point shots, like from everywhere. And I don't know, you know how many she had in the first half, but I thought, all right, they're going to have to cover her in the second half. They covered her in the second half. Didn't she still kept making them. And they end up winning the game. I asked the coaches after the game, how many did she make? 13 threes wow. in one high school basketball game for this young lady last night. My goodness. And uh, she led them to a victory. And, of course, then I watched the Aztecs game. When yeah. I got home, the Aztecs couldn't make a three-pointer to save their lives wow. last night at Utah State. It was so. uh, it was a, a disappointing uh performance i guess it was you know it, it, to me it was less about the aztecs aztecs missing shots as opposed to not stopping utah from making shots i mean they shot uh they shot the ball well uh in yesterday's game at, yeah. for the field shot 50 percent in the first half just underneath that that is so unusual yeah for uh to up against 
any Aztec team in, that I can remember, you shooting close to 50% in both halves. Yeah, they're, uh, this game was it was pretty, you know, it was just one of those struggles, right? Nobody yeah. could get a, a lot going on offense. And to me, it was going to come down to which team could find somebody, anybody, to make a three-point shot and kind of break the game open. And Utah State found the guy. Yep. I mean, uh, the guard... Uh, Darius Brown the second hit five threes. Yeah, and most big, of them were in the, a, a and they were all one, a, a killers. Big, a big one like under a minute. Yes, and 30. they were all crushers. He, so he makes five threes. The rest of their team only made two, and the Aztecs shot three of nineteen. So there was one guy in the building last night that could make a three, and it was on Utah State, and yeah. that's why they won. Um, the backbreaker was the what. Two different offensive rebounds they got, and they kicked it out to Brown kicked for that. Kicked it out for that crusher. That was, that was the that was the one that put the nail made in the coffin. Made it about a six point game. I mean, the Aztecs, as they always do, they made it a game. He fell behind by ten. You know, this is, seems like to be the automatic for them, and then they came back. Right, they were down by only one with four minutes to go, and then they didn't score another basket. Yeah. And you know, I we talked about this yesterday. I have, these are college kids. I'm not going to sit here and be critical of college kids. But I can tell you that Lamont Butler wishes he had that game back. It yeah. just was not his night. I mean, anytime a guy of his ability, Tony, no points, no assists, and three, three turnovers. turnovers yeah. It just didn't work for Lamont Butler last night. Micah Parrish only made one out of seven. And Ladie, he 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 willed his way he had to, earn to twenty three points and six rebounds. And Mark Ziegler even referred to, we'll ask him when we have him on here, but Ladie did not look 100% last night. I I don't know if it was the altitude. I don't know if he's a little under the weather, but he just didn't look his real self last night. And he still found a way to keep them in the game. But, um, yeah, the Aztecs are going to, you know, they lose five games in the conference and they're against the other five teams that are probably going to all be in the NCAA tournament. They just couldn't beat any of them, even though, they were close and really had a chance to win any of those games. Just didn't happen. Yeah, so. no, it wasn't. Uh, it, as you said, they needed they needed something from you know from, from some, the perimeter. From just yeah, from yeah. just one other guy that they, they could have got some. I know Waters had eleven, but they just needed another bucket or two. I mean, you you bring up uh, Lamont, who just. Did you say he just couldn't get it going yesterday? He's, no. He, he seemed to struggle a little bit. I mean, he's just the greatest player. And, I mean, everybody has a night. This is I, – I know I'm comparing Lamont Butler to LeBron James, and I shouldn't. But this is why LeBron James's streak of 19 years in a row in double figures amazes me. Because every basketball player should have one off night like Lamont had last night. LeBron James never does. No. But, uh, yeah, it was just a tough night for Butler and – you know they're still right there. You know with a chance to win the that's game. A, that's that's a, what I like about this team. Yeah. They're gonna they're gonna be in contention, but you know they're gonna get into these tournament games. And last year they won them all when it was close down the stretch. The other thing to keep and in, they got to find a way this year. The other thing to keep in mind is they still have a chance to to win this conference. It's not gonna yes, be do. as easy as it could have been had they won because then they would have owned the tiebreaker. They, right. they would have swept that series, but. There's gonna, there's gonna be it, what about four teams? It seems they're like? all pretty much pretty together. much in the, the they're same all spot. together. It's gonna, it's now it's probably gonna come down to a bunch of tiebreakers, yeah, and just how those tiebreakers fall. The Aztecs have four games left in the conference. Uh, you're at Fresno State this Saturday night. 
You don't like to chalk up a win before the game, but you're going to be heavily favored in that game. You've got, uh, you know, you're at UNLV, and that team is, you know, really Jekyll and Hyde. So hopefully you'll catch them on an off night. You also finish at home with Boise State. So there's some challenging games left, but I think the Aztecs will be favored in all four games. And if they hold serve... How many on the road? Two on the road, two at home. Okay. And if they hold serve, you know, they're going to go 13-5 and five in one of the best conferences in the country, and they're going to go 24-7 and seven overall. And frankly, Tony... As disappointed as I am today, I would have signed up for that at the beginning of the 100%. season after you lose five star players from a year ago. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any question you would take right? the spot that they're in, especially when you consider how strong the conference is. Yeah. That's part that is a big reason why their record looks the way it is. It's not because of what happened outside of the conference. It's everybody beating up each other. Um, in conference. And so yeah. that's what makes this year unique to me is that the conference is actually, as much as we give the AP and the coaches pull a lot of you know hell about it, <laughs> they they actually are giving this conference, at least how it's being spoke about, spoken of right now, they're giving this conference the type of love that it deserves. I guess ultimately we'll find out how true that is when they, when they actually reveal who's in, who's out. But yeah. I, I think this is what makes this year a little bit unique. We should also mention last night as the Aztecs lose another game on the road, and every time they lose one, you know the bandwagon gets a little lighter, right? People cool. jump off. Yeah, oh, they're better, not going to get it done. Better seats for us. Better seats for us. But also know this: last night, number one UConn, a they team got, that hasn't lost to anybody. We just finished saying this yesterday too. They got boat they raced, got drubbed by nineteen at Creighton last night. And Creighton's ranked 15th. I saw someone tweet today, UConn, this is about as good a program as there is in America, has now lost 19 consecutive road games against ranked teams. Really? Going Would back not have like, guessed that. Going back like 10 years. Wow. So, And they're the national champs. The point being, that's how hard it is to win on the road. Yeah. In college basketball, especially this year with teams so evenly matched. So, you know, look, try to keep it in perspective. It was disappointing for sure. But yeah. Aztecs go down 68-63. Um, they'll uh, look to get things back on the right track in this next ball game. It was they play uh Saturday. Saturday at Fresno State. So yeah. Uh we'll see. Another road game, which is always, you know, still you know, you got They're at Fresno at uh, the, I, I can look at the re- their their last four games, and I don't have the order, but it's at Fresno is the next game. They also play at UNLV. They are at home against, I think San Jose State, and then home against Boise State. But I don't know if it's in that exact order. But those are the last four games. All right, so. uh, let's get to break. When we come back, Mark Ziegler still in Logan. Talk a little bit more about this aspect. If you've ever been to Logan, you can understand why the guy would want to stay over. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We'll talk a little bit more about this Aztec game, their positioning as they head into March. More Green and Chris on the way. Somebody uh, on the chat (laughs) trying to uh, compare me to Scraby and call me the bear of misinformation. Yes, they did. How did this turn into me? You were the one who delivered the official. You took delight in it, too. You are the official bear of I did. Did I say it with a smile? (laughs) Yes, you kind of did. did. You kind of did. did. You were so excited that I might have gotten something wrong 
I uh, I mentioned a tweet that said UConn has now lost 19 consecutive road games to ranked opponents. Somebody said, oh, they won at Texas ah. when Texas was number 15 earlier this year. So I, you know, took it under advisement, looked up the game. No, Google they did search. not win at Texas. The no. game was uh, a uh, neutral site game. Yes. Well, played at Madison Square Garden. Technically, no, there's no technically. There is an away team and there is a home there's team. There's no so technically. If I'm looking at a box score, I'm trying to find this game. But if I'm looking at a box score and I see, if I just take it for face value, it says at. Ah. But that is the problem with Google searching. Is they also gotta... won a game UConn this year at number ten Gonzaga. However, that game was not played at Gonzaga. It was neutral played site. in Seattle, right. which is considered a neutral site. But are neutral sites considered away games for the away team? It doesn't no, matter. It does not. matter. It they're not. I'll be honest with you. They're not. They, they, they give you three sets of statistics in your media packet. Uh, one is their uh, statistics at home, statistics away, and statistics at neutral sites. Will I? Uh, Those games for UConn are considered neutral site games. Have you? Are you going to provide me with these statistics because I can't find? They're them. pretty simple to find. I haven't looked for it yet, and I'm going to go ahead and look. Can we ask Mark Ziegler about it? Is yeah, he, is of course he ready? we can. No, I'm going to call him right oh, now. Though. Okay, there of course we have. can ask Mark Ziegler because he's a man that is in the know, and I am um, certain. That his answer will be that uh, now had they played the game last night, let's say in Salt Lake City, then it would have been been a neutral neutral site loss. Yes, but instead it's a but they're still away. They're not. You're getting caught up in who both teams are away. away. Right, both teams are away. You know, you know, Utah State is home because they're playing in their own state. No, their name is Utah State. (laughs) They're in the state of Utah. When Connecticut played Texas, the game was in New York. So So whose home state is that? That would be... Ah, That's going to put a little wrinkle in your argument, isn't it? You know, I I do appreciate that. Whenever Chris gets... You know, Chris will go for the rest of time trying to prove he's right. (laughs) Yes, he will. When when I'm right and he's trying to prove I'm wrong, he will do anything in his power to make me look So it sounds like pretty good consistency. It normally doesn't take a whole lot for me to prove that you're wrong. It's not like a deep You're also not realizing that... Neutral sites are away for some teams. I can't with you, dude. If oh you don't knock it off, I'm please, calling Mark. We're please call your Mark. argument. Is... I'm going to tell him before that he needs to <laughs> side please, with me. Please he's not call going Mark. To. He was, he's not going to. I mean, to. he cares about his reputation. Of, you know, He doesn't want to just come on here and be like, yes, I'm going to agree with you, Scravy. I mean, I'm not going to waste his time with this question. It's not even <laughs> worth, worth asking him. I you mean, a neutral site game is exactly that. A neutral site game. But thank you to the chat for trying to point out that I was the bearer of misinformation. I was not. Not this time. I certainly will you know, be it's, again, it's but I not had, this time. You see, you wanted, Chris, to, to locate the exact uh, box score. I found it a couple, just a couple searches. Yeah. Just typed in UConn schedule, went back, found Texas Longhorns. What do you know? The arena says Madison. That's right. Yeah. That is a neutral so, I mean, site. that's where they played the game. But it that's mean- in New York. That's clearly not in... Austin, and it's clearly not wherever UConn is. I don't know the city. Stores, Connecticut. Stores, Connecticut. For those keeping track. Buddy. For those keeping track. All right, Mark Ziegler set to join us here as we uh, look back. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Scraby's trying to butter him up on the phone here. All I said was to have a very important question for you. It's not important. It's a waste. Hi, Mark. How are you today, sir? Hello, Mark. 
What's the important question? It's really not. <laughs> Scraby thinks that a neutral site game in college basketball is an away game for at least one of the teams. Like, he thinks no. that when UConn played Gonzaga in Seattle, that should be called a road game, not a neutral site. Well, he has a point. It's actually an interesting discussion, but no, it counts as a neutral. But one of the things that's changed uh, in that regard is it used to be when you got to the conference tournament uh, and UNLV was playing in the conference tournament, they'd call that a neutral site game for San Diego State, even though you're playing basically in their building, even though the floor is not the same and the event is supposed to be a neutral venue. They changed it, so now it's a neutral it's a, it's a road game for San Diego State and a home game for UNLV right. in the well, metrics. The reason this came up is because somebody tweeted the fact that UConn has now lost 19 games on the road in a row to ranked opponents after losing at Creighton last night. And somebody said, well, they lost at Gonzaga. And I said no, they, they lost to Texas. And they also this. said they lost to Texas, which was clearly a neutral side game. It was played at Madison Square Garden. The point being is it's tough to win on the road. And the Aztecs, of course, uh, learned that lesson again. Can't last do it. Night. Yeah, they learned it again last night for sure. Mark, I guess my first question is: you know, you wrote up this weekend how the Aztecs are, you know, were were uh, ranked number four by the uh, committee. Uh, they would get a four seed had the tournament started today. And you, you know, you went into great detail about how those seedings normally hold. Uh, do you feel that the seeding holds despite the loss last night? I think so, and the reason is they were 14th overall, um, not 16th. And so that, that gives them a two-team cushion to falling out of the four-seed line to the five-seed line. And I think a, a, a quad one win on the road where they were not favored is not going to hurt them that much. It'll maybe hurt them a little bit. But like Joe Lenardi, who you know puts out daily um, uh, bracketology this time of year, he had them as the 16th team overall. Uh, and so that means they dropped two spots, but they're still a four seed. Now, I think what it did do is their margin of error is gone. Right. So uh, if you're going to lose again, it better be to a really good team, and you better not be favored. And that's going to be hard to do the rest of the way. Now, if they get into the conference tournament, they get to the semis, the finals, I think the committee's pretty much got the, the, you know, the one through four seats done, and they're worried about the 11s and 10s and that type of thing. So if they get to the semifinals of the conference tournament without a loss, I think they're okay. Um, but they can't lose any of these next four. They just cannot lose any of them because none of them are quad one wins. And even though, you know, they always struggle at Fresno State on the road and UNLV is going to be really, really hard, uh, I think they have to win them. Yeah, yeah it would seem so. I mean, you kind of hit on it a little bit, Mark. Do the Aztecs have just struggled in the conference on the road. They just have not been able to get over the hump. I mean, you've been at all of these games. Is there a reoccurring theme in in these losses on the road? Oh, every single time it's the same thing. They're close in the second half, and that's the encouraging thing. They're not getting blown out. Even in the game at, at New Mexico where they lost by 18, you know, people forget that was a one-point game yeah. midway through the second half. They were up 12 in the first half. They play well enough to win in these games, but the problem is, when they, when they get uh, into crunch time or they get it close, four minutes to go last night, down one, come all the way back, all the momentum on their side, making all the plays, all of a sudden they just can't make a play. And it's a turnover or it's back-to-back turnovers or, it, you know, at, at Nevada it was back-to-back offensive rebounds again last night. 
two two possessions in a row where they gave up offensive rebounds that turned into five total points. I mean, those are just killers. And they're not making plays at the other end. They're not making shots. And it's just in those stretches of the game. It's not the rest of the game. It's with five minutes to go, seven minutes to go, three minutes to go, whatever it is. Nevada was the final minute. And in the crucial part of the game, they're just not making plays. And that's just I, I don't know what it is. It's just this this little flaw in this team, and and uh, it's just it's like if they played a hundred more road games and sold out arenas at altitude, I think they'd lose all a hundred. I mean, in the same way, it's just that's who they are this season. But now in neutral courts and at home, they're undefeated. Yeah, and that's what you brought up in the article. I mean, when you get into the other than the conference tournament being at Las Vegas, you know, pretty much everything postseason is always a neutral site game, and they seem to find a way there. Uh, so they, you know, that is something they can take with them. Was Jaden and Ladie a hundred percent healthy last night, Mark? He didn't look right. Came out of the game very early in each half, which I understand because of the altitude. But I mean, he seemed he willed his way to twenty three points last night. Yeah, you know, I asked Brian Dutch about that. He did not indicate there were any kind of any kind of illness, anything along those lines. Um, he, um, I think, you know, sometimes with these guys, the altitude just gets to him. And I think it did last night. You know, maybe a little bit tired. Maybe he didn't get a good night's sleep. Um, but uh, he definitely was laboring. There was no doubt about it. I noticed it the first couple plays down the floor, trying to run down defense. You know, they'll, they'll come back on defense and they'll be, you know, getting ready for the half-court set. And he's just gasping for air. And then he just sucks it up and plays. That said, I mean, he was incredible last night. And if if it wasn't for him, they would have they would have gotten blown out. Um, he didn't get any help other than you know a couple guys off the bench, but from the rest of the starters, he, they gave him nothing. Mark Ziegler joins us here, Union Tribune, and, and Mark, you know the thing I, I look at the stat sheet, and it's very rare that I see a team shoot fifty percent in one half and close to that in the second half. Was that more of a, a, a you know? Utah State hitting tough shots, or or was the defense a, a little sl- a step behind last night? Well, it's always a step behind in altitude. I mean, I, I you know, if you don't tell me where they're playing and just show it to me, I can tell you immediately if they're in altitude or not. Mm. Um, it's just, it's not that guys are keeled over, gasping for air. It's just, it looks like they're running in, in sand. Uh, and that's just how it is and usually by this point of the season they've gotten used to it and they're a little bit better this team for whatever reason has not made the same strides that other teams have late in the season you know playing multiple multiple games in in altitude um and so i think that was part of it uh utah state's not a great three-point shooting team but you know they were great in their own building last night and senior defensively you know let them take some threes i think that was part of the game plan they went under a lot of ball screens uh, Darius Brown hit a couple, um, or hit more than a couple, um, and he's usually not that type of shooter. So uh, I think it was a little bit of both, but it definitely was the difference in the game. Mark, uh, Lamont Butler, I mean, he's everybody's all-time favorite guy, and he's always going to be everybody's all-time favorite guy. They'll never be able to take away what he did. But how does he have a game like he did last night? It just didn't go his way. I mean, goose eggs in points and assists. I mean, to me, I don't think we'll ever see another game like that from Lamont Butler. It just, it just for whatever reason, didn't work. Did they take him out, or did he take himself out of it? They took him out. Um, I think, you know, I think they just realized he wasn't doing anything. I think it's hugely, hugely frustrating if we're being candid 
for a guy who's a senior to be that inconsistent. And and what's really we talked about this a little bit before. What's really bizarre about this team is you have such wild inconsistencies among individual efforts. Um, you know, some guys like Lamont will have a game where he'll score in the twenties, and then he'll have a game like he did last night where he just completely disappears. And that's just not him. That's everybody except Jalen uh, Jalen be. I mean, he he's pretty much gives you what he can every night. And I think the refs kind of move him up or down in terms of scoring, uh, depending on how they're calling the game. But he, he, he's consistent. The rest of them are not. Yet the team is consistent. Yeah. The team's really good at home, pretty good in neutral floors, and really bad on the road. And, and that's what's just kind of bizarre about this team. But, yeah, that was, you know, that's something that maybe you expect from a freshman, maybe from a sophomore who hasn't played that much. Um, you're going to be have inconsistent moments. But for a fourth-year senior – um, who's had really good games at, at Utah State. In fact, his breakout as a freshman was there when he had, I think, five steals in a game. Um, and so he had good vibes in the building, but I, I just don't know what happened. And, again, maybe it was a little bit of the altitude. Um, who knows what it was, but it, he, did, he wasn't there. It's certainly a, a interesting way to see it, right? The individual performances, inconsistent, but the team very consistent. And maybe that's why they have struggled on the road is because you kind of need those things to happen for you on the road. Mark, there was a lot of talk on the on, on the broadcast last night about obviously they highlighted um, the f- five teams that currently sit well as it pertains to the tournament. But there is a six team. You mentioned UNLV that could be lurking. I mean, is there, can you envision a scenario in which six teams actually get in to this conference, into this tournament? Yeah. I mean, it, as crazy as that sounds, there's yeah. certainly that's, that's in play. And, and here's the scenario that no one's really talking about, but okay, let's, you know, he does not have the metrics to get in as an at large. So it's the other six teams that would, but what happens if UNLV on its home floor finally puts it together and wins the conference tournament? Um, you know, they're talented enough and they have the motivation because they know they're not going to the NCAA tournament otherwise. So what happens if, if they, if they win this thing, do they take seven teams? I mean, I, I can't envision that. I think the bottom team, um, would drop out. And, and one thing that's going to happen between now and the end of the regular season is, you know, you have a bunch of teams with five losses right now, but they're going to play each other. And, if, if the results don't go just right, you're going to have a team with seven losses, maybe even a team with eight, but probably a team among that group with seven losses, and I think that team might be out um, unless their metrics are through the roof. So I tend to think it's going to be five, um, and one team will drop off, but, you know, just keep an eye on UNLV in that conference tournament, and that could be the absolute wild card among all wild cards. Mark Ziegler, I want to ask you one thing that I don't know that I've asked you before, but uh, it comes to mind uh, in the game last night watching uh, Reese Waters jawing a little bit with some of the fans there at Utah State. And you go to all of these uh, venues and see all of these fans. I mean, the pit. And and Utah State's fans are crazy and everywhere else. And San Diego State's fans, for their part, are remarkable. How do you kind of rate the fans in this conference who do you think is, I don't want to say the best, but where is the best atmosphere in the Mountain West Conference? What's the toughest in terms of opposing fans? Well, the best student section, I think, is Utah State. When they're, when they're in, you know, when they fill out their 4,000 seats and they were like they were last night. I mean, just the sheer size of it, it's, it's 40% of the arena. And, it, and they're organized, they're loud. I wrote a little piece about what they do. They, they hand out a sheet before the game. 
that's got like bio information, um, Rick and really? Neil, the team's players. Yeah. In, oh yeah. yeah I, I, I'll have it up online a little bit here later. I'll try to put a screenshot of it. Uh, and it's, uh, yeah, it's really, you know, they have one, one side of it is all their chants and their traditions. The other one, you know, went through five different players and it, you know, it, one had a, like a, a QR code to a, um, a Twitter page that had a 10 year old picture of Darian Trammell in a suit at a wedding. <laughs> and, <laughs> so they don't leave any and, stone and, unturned there. Another one had, oh yeah, they had a, somehow they got a hold of Micah had somehow posted his cash app handle uh, for money transfers. And they said, God, wouldn't it be a shame if a whole bunch of people put in uh, money transfer requests to, to Micah. So, you know, you got students sitting around for an hour before the game holding their seat. I mean, how, they all have cell phones. I mean, how many of them did a cash app request to Micah? I mean, that's the kind of stuff they do. It's great there. The pit is great. And, and one thing people have to realize is college basketball today, just like college football, a lot of the crowds are shrinking. And in, in the Pac-12, except for Arizona, I mean, uh, maybe a couple games in Colorado, they are not full arenas at all. The Mountain West is kind of an aberration where Nevada sold out most nights, Utah State, New Mexico, Boise, San Diego State. Um, you know, those teams are all getting huge crowds, and it's, you know, don't take it for granted. It's really, really cool and really special. And the one thing I want to say about Reese Waters, John, Adam, um, whether you think that's a T or not, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on that, Chris, but – you saw on Friday night, Jalen House did that multiple times to the show, pointing at him, gesturing yeah. at him, swearing at him, um, screaming at him, no team. And yeah. the ref who called the tee on Reese Waters is the same ref who ref the game in the pit with San Diego State uh, and would oh, not call a tee on yeah. uh, Jalen House for uh, yeah. basically high-stepping into the, the Aztecs bench. So I thought that was a little odd. And little inconsistent. It's very inconsistent. And I, I looked at that replay. I was trying to figure out what Reese did to get the technical. And it looked like he was just yelling back to the crowd saying, I made a shot. That's not a technical foul. So I, I don't know Apparently where Apparently he came. cursed and, and he never curses. Yeah. Now, maybe it was because we were in Logan, Utah, and he cursed. And, you know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what. Maybe the standards are different. But would you call that? I no. mean, if you're in a, in a high school game and the guy Versus at a at a student section, you. I would honestly try to get up to him and say, you know, watch your mouth and, and give Keep a warning. Moving, yeah. Especially, I mean, you can't tell me Jalen House didn't throw a curse word in somewhere in all of those celebrations. Oh. Hard to imagine. I heard him. I was sitting behind him. <laughs> there you go. All right, Mark. Well, thanks for everything, man. It's been a fun year, and it's going to get more fun as we go along. And uh, we love having you on. Thanks so much for uh, contributing today, and we'll catch up with you down the road. I'm talking. Oh, oh, good. We just got rid of him in the nick of time there. It sounded like he uh, dropped off there in Logan, Utah. Mark Ziegler, he's so great. He's I mean, awesome. he just he takes us right inside the huddle. I mean, there aren't a lot of reporters out there that get a hold of the student section cheering sheet. But Mark Ziegler that's, finds one. That's next level. That's next level work, right? He's going level. around getting that stuff. I, I, I think I love we, it. We, we often talk about the fans and how different it is. I think if, if you're going to let – the crowd escalate, and you're going to have to reciprocate that on the other end. you got to give a little latitude to, to Reese Waters right latitude, there. Latitude, for sure. It was uh, a very quick whistle, for sure. All right, break time. Daily Gambit, when we come back. Odds and ends, winners and losers, next on Gwen and Chris. 
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 